0: A meal plan can be a helpful tool to stop binge eating. And in this episode, I'm going to explain some of the common pitfalls that lead to meal planning not being helpful and how to use a meal plan to make food easier. Welcome to the Binge Eating Coach podcast, the podcast that helps you go from intellectually knowing how to stop binge eating to really taking action and healing your relationship with food because you deserve more space in your life for the things that really matter to you. My name is Krista Couch, your host, Recovered Bulimic, and Binge Eating Coach. Now let's get started. Hey friends, so today's episode is actually a response to a request that one of my clients asked me. She asked if I could create a podcast about meal planning and how to use it in recovery, and the common pitfalls that come up, and basically how to use a meal plan to make food easier instead of more complicated, and have that be a stepping stone to a much more peaceful, fulfilling relationship with food. And I love this topic because it's one of the main things that I begin my coaching with when I start working with a client. A meal plan is a great way to show you your brain and to show you where you might be keeping yourself stuck, where you might be avoiding things. A meal plan is basically just a tool to help you overcome buffering, which I've talked about buffering before, but basically buffering is any time that you're avoiding your emotions. And food can be a really powerful way to do that. So most of my clients come to me with this strong desire to be healthy, and we start that work by helping them overcome the ways they're keeping themselves stuck and the thoughts and emotions that are behind that. Because binge eating can be a way of avoiding emotions, and so can dieting. And so creating a meal plan is a way to approach both of those things and take a look at how maybe dieting is also contributing to this cycle with food. I'm going to share a few tips for meal planning to help you make your relationship with food easier. When your whole life has been a cycle of binging and restricting, eating isn't usually viewed as easy. And that's where a meal plan comes in. It's a stepping stone to an easier, more intuitive relationship with food, where you can listen to your body, listen to when you're hungry, and when you're full. Sometimes my clients make some mistakes as I step into this, and that's what I'm going to start out with, talking about those mistakes. And then I'm going to give you some tips that you can use to meal plan and create a meal plan that fits your lifestyle and that you can actually follow through with. So there's some signs that I see that a meal plan might not end up working and actually be a meal plan that can serve my client. The first thing is the meal plan being restrictive. Anytime there's a meal plan that is restrictive and kind of looks like a diet plan, I see that the intention is to gain control. And the thoughts that are motivating that usually come from things like, I can't be trusted around food. And the problem with that is anytime that you have a thought like, I can't be trusted around food, I need to lose weight, I need to change my body, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy of having more, if I have more, I'll lose control. Those thoughts are going to lead to more losing control. And more of an up and down relationship with food instead of an effortless one. And so it's important to recognize that the restriction is coming from that place. And that is not the type of thinking that's going to get you the result of an easier relationship with food. A lot of professionals mention that restriction doesn't help when you're overcoming binge eating. But it's hard to just stop restricting without addressing these thoughts that are leading you to restrict, that are leading you to want to diet? What are the thoughts that you have about yourself? We all have underlying thoughts about ourselves and our worth, and when we take a look at those, we can maybe get an idea of why you want to restrict, why you want to diet. Even though it doesn't sound good out loud, a lot of people view smaller people as more worthy. And when there are those underlying beliefs about your body and your worth and you being enough and you having self-control, it can be hard to be like, oh, I'm just not going to restrict anymore. So it's important to take a look at those thoughts. And if you create a meal plan that is restrictive and you're not addressing those thoughts, it's most likely going to just perpetuate this cycle and keep you feeling frustrated and out of control. And So that's why it's important to talk about it. As my clients begin to get out of the restrictive mentality and are learning to be less restrictive with their food, oftentimes questions like, How do I know if it's enough? come up. And this comes with trial and error. But what I notice with a lot of my clients is that there's a lack in trust. They don't trust their own body. The truth is, you are your own authority. You are the person that knows your body more than anybody else. So you can trust any other authority. You can trust a dietitian or a personal trainer or a doctor. But if you want to create an easier relationship with food, if you want to create a better relationship with yourself, I encourage you to start learning to trust yourself and your own body. And when you can become your own authority and learn to trust your own opinion of what you notice about how different foods feel in your body, how the energy levels that you have throughout the day go up and down based on the foods that you eat, that's the best way you're going to know if you're eating enough, if you're eating things that are sustaining you well, if you're eating in a way that you like. So if you notice yourself wondering, like, is it enough? Am I doing this right? I want you to think about that. Are you your own authority? Do you trust yourself to know whether you're eating enough? Do you trust your body enough to know that it's going to tell you what it needs? Those things sometimes take a lot more deep reflecting, but it's a really important thing to think about because we're not really taught how to do that. We're taught how to trust an article online over our own intuition and our own signals in our bodies. So this might take some time. What I do notice the most is that my clients do turn a meal plan into a diet plan. And so if that's anything that you notice, just start questioning why. Are you viewing yourself as somebody that can create a meal plan? that is good enough? Are you viewing yourself as somebody who can follow through with that meal plan? Looking at the thoughts that are driving the results that you're getting is so important. So those are a few of the main things to watch out for, but how do you create a meal plan that will fit your lifestyle and will help you get to the point where food is a lot easier? First of all, use a meal plan as a way to get to the nitty-gritty. What are the reasons you're actually binging? Use your meal plan as a way of discovering all of that. Know that it doesn't need to be perfect. There's so much room for imperfection and messiness. I can promise you that in my own recovery, it was messy, and it was all over the place, and I wasn't perfect at following through with it, but I learned so much about myself And what was driving me to want to restrict? And what was driving me to want to binge? And a meal plan gave me the structure I needed to discover the things that were going on in my relationship with food. So a successful meal plan is just an experiment. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to look a certain way. It's just an experiment to get to know yourself better and to begin creating a better relationship with food. It's a way to begin trusting your body. Use a meal plan to begin noticing these things and start becoming more familiar with the signals that your body gives you. In my own recovery, I began by planning every meal and every activity for after a meal, and I realized over time that I could personalize my meal plan. There were different seasons of my life where I could not be as rigid because there were unpredictable things. And I didn't know what food would be available at certain times. And I wanted to live my life and be able to have some spontaneity. And so this is huge. A meal plan that is successful allows for spontaneity. It allows for you to be a human. It doesn't need to be rigid or perfect. It's just structure that can show you your brain. So when it comes to meal planning to fit your lifestyle... It's so important to recognize what obstacles might come up and what ways that you can meal plan that will help you navigate that and just show you your brain. When you understand the purpose and the point of creating a meal plan in the first place, it becomes easier to do that and to create a meal plan that is just showing you your brain and helping you develop a better relationship with yourself and with your body. The takeaway I hope that you can remember is that a meal plan is just a tool. You don't need to be perfect at this. It's just a way to make food a little bit easier. And if it feels stressful and it feels overwhelming, it's just important to look at where your brain's going and the thoughts that are creating that stress and overwhelm about your meal plan. So if you're using a meal plan right now, I encourage you to really think about this this week. Is your meal plan a tool that's helping you get to know yourself better, or is it just something that's maybe holding you back or keeping you stuck? Any meal plan can help you achieve a better relationship with yourself and a better relationship with food if you begin getting curious about the thoughts behind it and the thoughts that are driving your actions. And so when I work with my clients one-on-one, this is one of the main things that we work on is recognizing the thoughts and the patterns behind their actions. They are so smart. All of my clients are so smart. And they know all of the things that are supposed to help. But for some reason, it doesn't click. And I remember feeling so frustrated with myself because I had read all the books and I knew all the things, but it wasn't clicking. And sometimes we need people to come look at our brains and see our blind spots and help us get over those and help us gain some clarity around how to overcome binge eating and how to get to the point where food's a little bit easier. So I encourage you to go look at my website, kristacouchcoaching.com and click with work with me. If you want to experience that and find a little bit more information about what one-on-one coaching looks like. I hope that you have an amazing day and I look forward to talking to you next Tuesday on the Binge Eating Coach podcast.